today on the Mountain Climbers Podcast. If you wake up in the morning, it's a beautiful day. Never forget that. A unique insight into someone who has climbed the mountain. Why is it important for you to give back? Oh, I don't know really. It's just the way I am. Sir Peter Leach, better known as the Mad Butcher, opens up about his greatest life lessons. And I run my own race. You know, when I went mm. self-service, all the other butchers laughed at me and said, oh, he's an idiot. I went on to become the biggest private butchery chain in New Zealand. Find out how he created the empire of the mad butcher. Then later... Oh, no, 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 no! That would never happen. I'm Duncan Tolmy, and the Mountain Climbers podcast begins now. Hi there, my welcome to the Mountain Climbers Podcast. I'm Duncan Tolmy, and today, Sir Peter Charles Leach is with me. Thank you so much for being here, Sir Peter. Unfortunately, he couldn't make it. Only the mad butcher could be with you today. <laughs> uh, fantastic. And let's let's start up off on that, actually. Uh, Sir Peter, the mad butcher, why did you call yourself the mad butcher? Needed a gimmick. And, yes. Uh, there was a guy in broadcasting called Tim Bickerstaff, and I uh, used to always do business with him in the... I think it was the Wirree Trust Hotel private bar. And uh, I was in there one night and he said, we need a bit of a gimmick. And a guy come in and said, there's the effing mad butcher. I said, that will do us. He said, we can't use the F word, but we can use the mad butcher. So we started off. Originally, it was called uh, Rosella Meats, the home of the mad butcher. But mm. then we dropped that in because the mad butcher label just took over because I'm a bit mad. So just yeah. rocketed it off. Yeah. All right. And my grandpa last night was telling me um, about what it was like when the Mad Butcher was in its prime. And he said it was really hard to understand, unless you were living at the time, the kind of, not only had you created this empire, but you'd also done so competing against the convenience of supermarkets at the time. Did you, how did you find that, that conflict and how did you overcome, you know, getting people to come to your stores. The one thing the supermarkets can't offer you is that personal service, which I could offer. That's why I franchised, because mm-hmm. I couldn't be in 30 shops at once, but I knew we had to expand to keep up with the buggers. And, um, uh, you know, the personal service is, is great. You know, a lady comes in, hello, Mrs. Brown, how are you? How are the children? You know, you don't get that in the supermarket. And mm-hmm. that helped. And, and the other major factor is I was good quality meat at very cheap prices. You know, and it was it was a little each week was a battle, but I loved it. I thrived on it. What do you mean by battle? Well, taking on the supermarkets because they were the big boys, and I'm the little flea on the camel's back. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And we survived. You know, and we we done very well. Were there any times where you were like, oh, I think we've got a problem here? No, because I always looked at I always turn negatives into positives. That's the secret in life. You know, mm. and. Um, we we done it right. We had a money back guarantee. You know, we were the I think the first butcher in New Zealand to offer publicly offer a money back guarantee, mm. and uh, because you know the the name the mad butcher, you don't think of quality meat. You know, it, it doesn't, you know, give that impression. So we had to you know come up with a few things to give people confidence to buy off us. Mm. And having climbed the mountain of the mad butcher and coming off. Now, on the other end, looking back, what are the things that you did that worked really, really well that you would encourage other people to do? Oh, you've got to be an individualist, really. You know, I was lucky. What worked for me then wouldn't maybe not work today. 
I mean, my biggest secret was me going on the radio and make a fool of myself. Mm-hmm. You know, people would travel from the North Shore to come in and have a look at that, come in the shop and look around. And all they wanted to do was see who this idiot was. <laughs> but I had the I had the ability to sell to them. I'd say, oh, excuse yeah. me, what can I get you today? And then they'd be too embarrassed. They'd buy something. So the business started to grow, <laughs> you know. Um, and, and the other fact is at one stage, we, we were three doors down from the Prime Minister's house, David Longhead. He would come yeah. in the shop. And I'd say on the radio, if you're lucky, you might see the Prime Minister in the shop. You know, so we had a few things going for us. Mm-hmm. But the main thing was, you know, whereas I'm not an academic, I was a very good butcher. Mm. And I knew, because I was the youngest of seven children, I knew what the word value meant, you know, because in my, in my youth, my mother used to go to self-help because they were, there were no supermarkets, but they were the equivalent of the supermarket, you know. And so mm. that's what we done, mate, just, you know, gave people what they want. Mm. When you say individu- um, in, an, an individualist, what do you mean by that? I'm not sure myself now that I say that. <laughs> you say you've got to be an individualist. Oh, well, I think you've got to do your own thing. That's what I oh, mean. Oh, okay. You've got to do your own thing, you know. And and I run my own race. You know, when I went mm. self-service, all the other butchers laughed at me. said, oh, he's an idiot. You know, he'll go broke, you know. I went on to become the biggest private butchery chain in New Zealand. Mm. So you just got to trust your gut, go forward with what you think is the best, regardless well, of what others are doing. Look, that's how I built my business. Mm. And you've got to have integrity, you know, like... Uh, you, you never saw a mad butcher investigated for misleading advertising or things like that, you know. Mm-hmm. And I could name, but I won't, some big brands that have been done for it. But, you know, we were never, because we kept it simple. Mm. And why is it important for you to, to stick to those values? Just the way I was brought up, I suppose. Mm. You know, I'm a simple boy from a f- working class family in Newtown and Wellington. And, uh, you know, I just believe your words, your bond and... You know, if you treat, look, if you treat people how you want to be treated, you do okay. And that's what I've done. I've always treated people fairly. Mm-hmm. You know, I've had people complain when there's been nothing wrong with the meat. I've given them their money back. What did the Mad Butcher teach you about people? Oh, it made it just taught me there's good people, bad people. The biggest lesson I learned when I come to Auckland from Wellington, I worked at Puera Cemetery as a grave digger. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I, I, when I was doing public speaking, which I don't do now, I used to say to people, what would you learn being a grave digger? What do you think you'd learn being a grave digger? Um, I think I'd learn, be reminded every day of how short life is. Well, to be fair, that's the closest anyone's ever got, all right? You learn the value of life. Mm-hmm. And, and, and you've virtually said that, you know, in, in a roundabout way, but the reality is the value of life. The first grave I went to, or the first grave I had to dig, and in those days you used to dig the grave, then put the fancy imitation grass around, and you'd stand in the back as the grave, you know, as the funeral went on. And you see the grieving parents, you know, I think it was a boy, a boy about 11 or something, you know, mm. very, very sad. And it taught me, in those days I was living in a flat, you know, like living the life of Riley. <laughs> uh, but it taught me the value of life, you know, and... You've got to enjoy life while you can. Mm. And as someone who's lived more than you're going to live, do you often think about our mortality? No. I, no? I just enjoy, enjoy life and uh, I take each day as a time. Look, I have two sayings I'm, I'm reasonably well known for. The greatest giving of anyone's your time, and I've given up my time to be with you today, can't buy that, you know? No. And uh, if you wake up in the morning, it's a beautiful day. And never forget that. I mean... Mm. As you know, I'm a big Vodafone Warrior fan, and uh, we we didn't go so well on the weekend. And you know, some people get upset, and I say to them, "Hey, no one died. 
get over it, mm. you know. Those are two brilliant sayings. What did the Mad Butcher teach you about yourself? Uh, I don't really know, I suppose. Uh, it, it, it just reminded me I wasn't the brightest guy in the class. It reminded uh, you? Yeah, well, you know, like I don't know me times table or alphabet, you see, so oh. life was a bit hard at times, mm. you know, and I wouldn't know how to put 20% on something or take 10% off, you know. Mm. <laughs> Thank goodness with calculators. But even <laughs> even that trouble with calculators. Um, I, I, look, I honestly don't know that answer. I I think what it, I suppose what it taught me is that, you know, you can survive if you stick to your principles, you know. And, you know, in, in our day, we were a major brand in New Zealand, you know, there's no question about that. Mm. Yeah. So stick to your principles. Yeah. That's the key message. All right. Looking on to some uh, general life questions now, What looking back, what would you do differently I wouldn't have worked as hard, maybe. I would have spent a bit more time with my children. Mm. I've, I, I lost a lot there. I, I never got to take my children to school because I was going to work early. When I first went into business, I had three jobs. I was running the shop, and then I was cleaning in the morning, regional cleaning, I think they were called, and uh, at night I'd go out boning beef at different places, factories, you know. Mm. So I think I've had my time again. I don't know if I'd do that, but then I might not have been so successful either. So it's a hard one. Look, mm. to be honest with you, you can't turn the clock back. No. But you can look to the future, and you can change the future. You mm. know, right now I'm trying to spend more time with my family. Mm. And what are you doing these days? Because um, I was looking at your um, social media page. It looks like you have an absolute ball of a time just hanging out with rugby players and watching sunrises and sunsets. Look, I, I'm blessed. I... I sold the business and made some money, but I'll give you an example. Uh, someone contacted me about their grandfather today that's very sick with cancer and um, asked me if I'd reach out because he used to be a butcher. And so I've reached out to him and uh, I'm going to send him something today as well. And I do a lot of that. Uh, it's what I call sharing the love and, you know, I, I, I still get a, a buzz. Whereas it, uh, it sort of gets me down a little bit. Um, you know, and I'll, I'll show you the, the thing later on when we get off here. What thing? Oh, the late that the lady sent oh, me. Oh, the thing that yeah. the lady sent. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right, sounds good. Um, what do you think you admire most about yourself? Oh, I don't admire anything about myself. I'm really? just an old butcher. <laughs> I just try to, uh, you know, I've got, you know, I've made mistakes. Hmm. You know, I, I'm just grateful to be alive, to be fair, and I'm lucky I've got a lovely family, you know. Hmm. I think that speaks a lot to your humility, Sir Peter. But surely there's something that you go, wow, I've come through this journey. That's the one thing that I really think well, I did well. To be fair, what I'm doing for the man today. Hmm. I rang him, spent some time on the phone with him, and here again, giving my time. And uh, and I'll go to the, the trouble of sending him something, you know. Um, yeah. Hmm. I've got something pretty special I've seen them. Yeah, so I suppose that's the thing I like about myself, that I, I love sharing the love. Hmm. And you certainly do share share the love. Um, you've done some incredible work in the community through the Mad Butcher Suburban Newspapers Community Trust. Is that still going today? That's gone. That is gone. Suburban papers changed and uh, the, 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 the young upstarts come in and 
they they flicked it. <laughs> it wasn't, you know, didn't suit them. Mm. And uh, it was quite sad, really, because it didn't cost them a lot of money. And we done some great stuff. You know, we mm. raised a lot of money for Kids First Hospital. We bought a uh, we bought a Burns machine there that you know cost a hundred thousand or some bloody thing. Yeah, mm. and yeah. people with glue air got rid of uh, the the backlog that was over a year long. Was it? Yeah, it was a bit was longer it? than that. Well, that was one of our better uh, one of our better things. I always remember I went to the uh, the doctors and I said uh, I swear a lot, you know, and I said <laughs> to them uh, I won't swear low. I said to them, listen, you guys are doing okay out of life. It's time you've done something free. And I said, this is my plan. And I got them to work free. I got the anaesthetist to work free. Oh, we just had to make a donation to them. And uh, we cleared, I think it was a year and a half backlog. And uh, for those people that don't understand, with glue air, particularly in South Auckland, magic, the kids can't move because they can't hear properly. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah. The, the the guy that used to run suburban newspapers in those days was a guy called Barry Leach, no relation. And um, I always remember we were the last two there sweeping up the car park, but we involved the community. Everything's about teamwork in life, you know. Like, couldn't have done it by myself with mm. team. And uh, we got we got the local Rotary Club or something to pick people up that had no cars. And a lady stopped me a couple of years ago in uh, Pakaranga Plaza. She said, "What's your answer?" She said, "Yep." I can never thank you for what you and your charity done for my boy. She said he was hopeless at school, causing trouble, everything. Got his glue ear fixed up, went on to become an accountant or something. Wow. Yeah. And it's stories like that that make it all worth it, isn't it? Oh, you get some, look, I'm not going to lie, you get some self-satisfaction out of it. Mm. And that's one thing as well that's really impressive about you and doing some research as well. Um, what what a lot of people are saying about you, Sir Peter, is that you're just able to get things done, make it all happen, and really get people on board. What is your secret for getting people to participate in your community outreach things? Well, still to come in part two of this conversation. I was in a seduced coma for seven days and gee, my family. Do you have a faith? Sir Peter Leach admires those who... What does the average day of Sir Peter Leach look like? Then later... Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> I'm Duncan Tolmy and the Mountain Climbers podcast continues next week. Want some more of The Mad Butcher? Head over to the Mountain Climbers podcast Facebook page to see Sir Peter Leach take on Fruit Ninja.